Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. This uh, past weekend and this weekend has been the uh, 19th anniversary of the attack on the World Trade Center in the U.S. Nearly 3,000 people died in that, of course, and lots of commemorations happening in the U.S. Not just Americans uh, lost their lives in that attack. Uh, there were a lot of foreigners there as well. Joining me now is uh, Don Pierce, a former special agent from the U.S. Department of Commerce uh, and now a consultant uh, for Sentinel LLC, joining us uh, from the Washington, D.C. area. Don, good morning. Welcome to uh, Money FM. Thanks so much for having me, Glenn. Oh, it's great. It's nice to be back in Singapore, even if it's virtual. Well, it's great to see you again. And now, has it been a year or two years since you've left? It's been a while, right? Oh, it's been uh, five years. <laughs> Sorry, time flies. It just seems like yesterday when you were here. <laughs> Feels like about 15 to me. But. Well, we're certainly happy to have you on today, Don. And, and of course, this, this poignant moment uh, that we face every year, this anniversary of the 9-11 anniversary and, and 19 years already, which just seems unbelievable. But you were there that day. You were an emergency medical technician uh, called to respond at the scene. Uh, tell us a little bit about what that experience was, what you did that day, and, and uh, how you got down to the World Trade Center. By a, a happenstance, I uh, was scheduled to be at the World Trade Center at for a nine o'clock meeting. Mm. Uh, the night before, though, I was I got a call from another client uh, I was working with the Bureau of Industry and Security at the time as a special agent in the field in the New York field office. And I had agreed to do some outreach training for a company in New Jersey. They had originally slotted me uh, for an afternoon session, but their morning speaker canceled at the last minute. Mm. So the night before, I guess I can thank that company for probably saving my life because they called me to see if I could come in to them at 1030 instead of the 230 that we had agreed. Uh -huh. So I called my uh, friend at the custom house where I was going to be going for the meeting and said, hey, can we push? He said, yeah, sure. We'll do that meeting uh, Thursday. But I hate to tell you that meeting never actually happened. Yeah, of course. And I was in the field office at the time when our uh, office manager, who listened to the police radio more than we did, mm. said that she had heard a report that a plane had flown into the World Trade Center. Now, I was an EMT for a long time at that point. Uh, I started in high school. And that's um, an emergency medical technician. For yes. Those who might not be familiar with that term. Yep. Uh huh. Yes. And uh, in a volunteer basis, little known fact, the city of New York has a squads of volunteer ambulance corps hmm. that supplement the 9-11 system. They started in the 1970s because there just weren't enough ambulances. Yeah. So the communities pitched in, bought ambulances, wow. trained up crews, and those have continued through the years. And uh, I was a member of one of those squads, had all my tech gear in the trunk of my car. And when uh, the first plane hit, we all assumed it was just some kid in a Cessna until we looked and saw the yeah. smoke billowing out of the towers. When the second plane hit, we knew it wasn't an accident. Yeah. And I had started to head down to the, to the bridge to cross over to drive down to the to what was going to be referred to as ground zero but the bridges had been closed so even to emergency traffic yeah so um i went to the stat on the ferry terminal we boarded ferries just after the the buildings collapsed uh we loaded the ferries with emts firefighters police officers uh I had a Marine Corps sergeant who was in the recruiting uh, station in Staten Island mm. who 
agreed to carry my oxygen tank because he wanted to be able to do something. Yeah. So yeah, we had a, a, and we responded. Yeah. We uh, walked it in from the terminal and we got on the pile and tried to do what we could. And, and I, I'm sure that I, I can't imagine what that must have been like. What was your initial reaction as you were walking up the street? And of course there was dust everywhere, right? As I recall. And, um, yes. and, and uh, what, what went through your mind as you were walking toward the World Trade Center site. I saw a squirrel. And hmm. yeah, I can tell by your facial reaction, you're wondering where this is going. The fact that I saw a squirrel told me that at least there wasn't a biological component to the attack or, or a, some type of a, a chemical weapon. Interesting. Well, biological, I might have been taken a while for us to find out. But, uh, yeah. but at least I knew that there wasn't a chemical aspect of it. To the, to the, and that's something to the only, incident. A, only a trained professional would even think of, right, uh, to, to get through that. But interesting. And I have to admit that came out of my Bureau of Industry and Security training. Hmm. One of the things that uh, was drilled into our heads was uh, to the, the issues behind chemical weapons and biological weapons uh, uh, treaties that the United States are party to. Yeah. So along with that training, you learned about what the effects could be if you were exposed because if you find a clandestine laboratory you should probably know what you're getting yourself into mm, mm. and w and as you as you walked up and got closer obviously of course many pe people perished uh, but there were a lot of survivors that uh, people that were injured what were the kinds of injuries that you were uh, faced with and th that you had to help out with you and others so you had everything from just simple um trauma that you would see in any type of a building collapse, uh, mostly from rescuers. The people who got out got away. So um, kudos to the security directors and the, the, the people at the, the Port Authority that ran the World Trade Center mm. for getting as many people out of that building as they did wow. before buildings, before they collapsed. There was, uh, I remember hearing somewhere that people focused on the, the almost 3,000 people dead. What about the thousands upon thousands that got out alive? Yeah, of course. And many of them were far enough away that they did not have any injuries. I saw no um, injuries of personnel other than fire, EMS, police responders that had basically hurt themselves on the pile. But then again, by the time we actually had the the system set up and the triage areas set up, it was obvious that we weren't going to have as many living survivors as I think we all really wanted to find. And, so, and, and many people may forget that there were actually seven buildings in that complex. Of course, the two towers were the, the tall ones, but there were there were a lot of other buildings in that right in that vicinity that were impacted. That's correct. The Customs House was uh, Six World Trade Center. That's where I was supposed to be going to a meeting. Mm -hmm. And there were, um, yeah, seven buildings in that immediate area and significant damage to the buildings surrounding the area. We were actually working from the side where the World Financial Center stands. And I remember in the early hours of the, of the search, being inside of what usually is a glass rotunda with the shards of glass ankle deep at the, at the wow. bottom. No, you know, the, the, I, I've visited there several times, you know, in the recent past and you, you wouldn't know it, but I can still figure out just how high the, uh, the, the debris and the rubble were because of the way the, um, the pedestrian bridge mm. that I had, crossed probably hundreds of times before 9-11. Yeah. 
um, that the that the, the the rubble was as high as that bridge. And and Don, uh, that was obviously a long day. I'm I'm sure you yes. must have worked many many hours. But did you then go back on successive days in that area to try to help out, or what what did that look like? I did. On day two, we were a little bit more coordinated. Uh, I was on a team that was uh, doing an electronic sweep to try to find the black boxes. I went back a few days later to provide medical support as a volunteer. And then um, shortly after, I was assigned to the uh, Joint Terrorism Task Force's Pent Bomb Task Force. Hmm. And I worked with uh, an intelligence uh, um, crew. It was basically FBI intelligence analysts and myself putting together the link analysis of the 19 hijackers, which is to find oh. all of the things in your life that you have you know, printed out or you know, in paper or have you know, spent money using a credit card and try to draw a picture of the lifestyle and of possible connections. Where did the money come from? Where did it go? Where did they visit? Where did they stay? Mm. Who did they talk to? How long did they talk? taking all of this information and trying to make sense of it in um, what a lot of people call Etch-A-Sketch for Investigators, yeah. which is a computer program called uh, The Analyst's Notebook. And it mm. makes these great graphs. And mm. uh, the old days, you used to just put the, the butcher paper up on the wall right. and draw all these symbols by hand. But uh, Analyst Notebook allowed you to do it in a computer. That was really the my entry into the interagency. It was the first time that I worked in a task force, and um, it wouldn't be the last. Uh, luckily, it was a concept that the FBI was very familiar with, so they were able to spin up this pent bomb task force very quickly hmm. and basically take people from a variety of backgrounds, investigators and intelligence analysts, and throw them in a room and say, here, make sense of this. And I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. We're speaking with Don Pierce, the former former special agent for the U.S. Department of Commerce, Bureau of Industry and Security, and now a consultant with Sentinel LLC, joining us from Washington, D.C. area, talking about uh, his experience on uh, September 11th, 2001, in uh, New York. And, and, and Don, as you look back on those crazy days, I, I was just having this discussion with my son uh, the other day. He's like, he's like, Dad, what was 9-11? What happened? Uh, you know, and didn't, doesn't really know that young generation, right, uh, at 11 years old, of course. But, you know, when you, when you think back to what we need to remember about 19 years ago and, and, and the, you know, the years in between then and now, what, what comes to your mind as somebody who was so closely uh, linked to that event? So there's a, a story a couple of days. Uh, the, I believe it was the after the second day, um, I had gone back to the field office. And one of the, uh, one of the gentlemen who worked in the office building where we had our space, uh, it was kind of the, the manager of the building, his, uh, his wife had, had been at a breakfast meeting at Windows on the World at the Trade Center on 9-11. Mm. And he saw me and he said, hey, how are you holding up? Are you okay? Are you... Like you know, Ray, I should be asking you that. Yeah, sure, sure. And he said to me, he goes, "I just, I just hope they can find something for us to to bury." And I knew at that moment, I, I had to fight to kind of keep it together at that moment because I think the thing that people maybe don't realize is that thousands of people had funerals with empty, empty vessels, empty coffins, mm -hmm. and there's. There's just something that makes it hard for the, the survivors to 
to, to be able to move on. You know, that closure is just never final. And I, uh, I've, I've always thought that, you know, we always talk about the firefighters and police EMTs and who lost their lives as well. We should. Yeah. I had a friend who is a, uh, fellow amateur radio operator who I spoke to on the radio on and off. You know, and he was one of the engineers at the broadcast, uh, um, tower that was at the trade center and he was never found. Mm. And you just, you think about this and you know, you're so used to having that closure, being able to go to a funeral and say your, say your last goodbyes. And there were plenty of funerals, but there were a lot of people who felt that they never got to say goodbye. Wow. And, and when you think about what, what, how we have collectively sort of celebrated, commemorated that is, is, has enough been done, you know, every year, especially the first 10 years, there was, there was so much done every anniversary day uh, that that uh, of the of the anniversary of 9-11. Do you feel like people are still remembering it the way they should? Is there is there something else we should be doing? Because uh, we can't forget it wasn't just Americans that perished. You know, there were a lot of um, international business people as well from around the world. And you, you bring up a really good point, the international. I think one of the things that Americans forget about the World Trade Center specifically was it was a magnet mm-hmm. for for tourists, for business, who had, and the new World Trade Center is the same. It brings a vast number of people from, you know, from from near and far. So this was an international incident, you know, just just by nature of the the roster of people from overseas that were affected by it. Not just not just the dead, but obviously. The people who got out, the people who were nearby, the yeah. people at the Millennium Hotel that had just opened, the people whose lives were you know, indelibly changed that day, and I think I think we found a really good balance in in this year's celebration, considering the the current uh, situation with COVID nineteen, of finding ways to make sure that those who needed to need to have that outlet, need to have that that morning that process could get to the to the to the trade center and hear the names and hear the bell but and for instance um there's a run steven siller was a firefighter from brooklyn who uh was leaving the firehouse when the attack occurred and he went back to his firehouse he got his gear and he ran through the brooklyn battery tunnel and he perished when the when the uh, when the, the towers fell mm. And so every year there's a memorial run through the tunnel, the tunnel, mm. tunnel to towers. Mm. This year, obviously, was not able to be done. It's sure. being done virtually. Mm. I did mine on 9-11. I, I ran. I was going to run a 5K, but uh, I'm in, a, in kind of a new neighborhood, so it turned into a 6K. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, so we are finding ways to, to honor the sacrifice and to remember that day. And it's a bit like the... The veterans of Pearl Harbor, the veterans of you know the, the at that point that was the the attack that no one thought could happen, and it happened. Yeah, it, and I, I think I think we're kind of at that level, and and I think it's it's good. Don Pierce, a former special agent for the U.S. Department of Commerce Bureau of Industry and Security, now a consultant, Sentinel LLC. Thanks for sharing those memories with us. And, and, you know, may we always remember these key moments in our history. Glad to do it. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.
or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.